What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to an exciting episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, part two of our exclusive partner series with our friends over at Schedule Engine. I don't know about you all, but here in Virginia Beach, it is 86 degrees outside. Thank the Lord. It is getting warm, which means people are going to start using those air conditioners uh, for extended amounts of time. Maybe they'll stop working so much, which means... Shoulder season is coming to an end pretty quickly, and we are going to be getting busy soon, hopefully sooner rather than later. So in this episode, we are going to chat with Alyssa over at Schedule Engine about how to manage uh, your team during that busy peak season. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast, the podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Powered by Rival Digital. On this show, you'll hear from industry leaders and become equipped with the tools and knowledge you need to build a world-class business. Now, here's your host, Eric Thomas. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Eric Thomas here from Rival Digital. Super excited for this episode. Alyssa, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Eric. I will say I'm a little bit envious that it's uh, 85 degrees where you're at because uh, it's 70 and rainy in Chicago. So <laughs> while there's sun in the well, back, it's uh, not exactly ideal outside. So yeah, 70 is still better than it was the other day. I was there last week just catching a connection flight and it was snowing. So that's a slight improvement. It sounds pretty on brand though for uh, Chicago in April, I will say. So <laughs> teases you back and forth with a little bit of snow and a little bit of sunshine and then just outright downpour. So never know what you're yeah. going to get. Yeah. Well, I know a lot of our listeners out there would probably agree uh, when we say that we are ready for this weather to finally break this roller coaster um, tendency that we've been having lately of a warm day and then three cold days and then a warm day and then three cold days. We're looking for those all warm days to, to hit back to back to back and get busy. So for those who haven't already listened to part one of this partner series, we chatted about uh, strategies to, for staying busy during the shoulder season. Hopefully shoulder season is coming to an end and now we're heading into the peak uh, busy season as summer approaches. So today we're going to talk about how you can manage your team properly during that busy season, uh, that demand season. So Alyssa's already been on the show. This is part two, I guess, of Alyssa's uh featured on this podcast. So welcome back to the show, Alyssa. Why don't you go ahead and give our listeners another brief introduction in case they missed the first part? Yeah, absolutely. Well, very happy to be back. So uh, as always, thank you for having us. Um, I have been scheduled for about three years. Um, previously, I was on the sales side. And more recently, I transitioned to managing our strategic partnerships. So working really closely with teams like yourself to make sure that well, all that traffic that you guys are driving um, can be converted for each and every one of our contractors. So knowing the needs for each contractor are different based on the times of the year and, and kind of those overall goals, really making sure that you guys have the support you need and we can ensure mutual success for our clients. So happy to be back. And uh, I don't know if we're going to say we're back in the rival room or what, what we're calling this now, but I feel like uh, you passed the hundredth episode. So we got to think of something sooner or later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for those, uh, okay. This is actually something we were talking about the other day when we were prepping for this. Um, it's come to my attention that some of our listeners don't know that this podcast is hosted by Rival Digital. Uh, so if you're listening to this out there, yes, I'm, I'm proud to uh, put this podcast out for you for free. Hopefully you get a lot of good content out of it. But also don't forget, and in case you didn't already know, hey, 
uh, we are a marketing agency. We, we help contractors just like yourself uh, with your digital marketing. So fun fact, this, uh, this podcast is actually not what I do for a living. <laughs> um, as much as you wish it was, you know, you yeah. do have a day job. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do have a day job. Uh, this is strictly just to offer value to the, the marketplace. So um, yeah, fun fact. I guess I'm going to have to start saying that at the beginning of each episode. So Alyssa, let's dive right in. Um, yeah, let's do it. Busy season is exciting. It's also can be, you know, it can also be a little, a little scary sometimes. Um, what are some things that you see or would recommend to some of your contractors mm -hmm. who are trying to gear up for the busy season, staff up for the busy season and prepare themselves? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I hear quite a few things. Um, most common is from where I sit, you have to have a plan. We all know that um, when I guess you could say extreme weather hits or when it is busy season and, and contractors are booked to the max day in and day out, there's emergencies thrown on their board, their technicians are working long days. It's really important for every team to have a plan. So knowing who is covering what, what they're covering, when they're covering it, making sure everybody has those breaks in between it. It's really important to go into those busy seasons with a plan because inevitably if you don't, then it leaves those gaps for um, missed opportunities, you know, opportunities on the board to maybe not be capitalized on. And I think at a base level, it gives everybody a sense of knowing what it is that they have to do and what they're in charge of when they walk into their days. So yeah. um, making sure everybody is prepared and, and has a plan and, and everybody's on the same plan, nonetheless. Um, you know, if, if not everybody knows the goals, not everybody knows the objectives of the day, then um, doesn't really set the teams up for success. And I would say the second piece of that is really also preparing your teams in a way that gives them the tools they need to succeed. So well, we can have a plan in place to say, hey, you know, here's our goals. Here is what we want to do when we run into X, Y, Z situations during busy season, making sure that those members of your team have the proper resources and the proper tools to lean on. So whether that is enabling different tools that take that call volume off or allowing customers other, other avenues to engage with you all, um, at the end of the day, we really want to make sure that your team is supported because that's that's what's getting you through busy season. And if, if your teams are run down, then that's that's not good for anybody, your team and your customers alike. So um, I would say the plan is first and foremost, but then also making sure that pieces within that plan, you have kind of that outlined um, objective for each party and, and they have those resources to lean on when they need to. Yeah. This is a, an analogy that came to mind when you were talking about having a plan. And I know Will Smith is a is a hot topic right now. I probably gets <laughs> I probably get smacked for just mentioning this, um, but I don't know if anyone out there has seen the movie King Richard, which came out. Liz, have you seen it? This I haven't, film. but it popped up on an on a flight that I was on the other day, and I almost yeah. clicked it. And then, of course, so that, uh, my air, airline Wi Fi didn't work, so I'll blame them. <laughs> so yeah, I that's actually how I saw it. I was on the, I was on a flight and watched uh, King Richard, starring Will Smith. And the stories about uh, Venus and Serena Williams, everyone knows them, you know, easily the best tennis players uh, of all time, female tennis players of all time. And um, just an incredible story about having a plan. Uh, pretty much, apparently, you know, uh, Venus and Serena's father created a plan for their life before they were even born for them to become the most dominant, you know, tennis players to ever walk this earth. And that is uh that's pretty pretty crazy and when they would practice they'd hang up these signs that say like uh if you if you fail to plan you plan to fail and that's mm -hmm. totally true in the contracting world and in business in general uh but in, the, the story goes on so like he's got this plan for them you know he's got a plan to train them and, and to coach them and do all this stuff and put them in the right place to become you know dominant athletes uh but he didn't have the tools in place because their upbringing was in compton and there were you know 
They had, you know, they didn't have the resources that they needed. So he had to go out, Will Smith being King Richard at this point, had to go out and find the coaching, had to find, um, you know, world-class coaches that were going to help them fulfill this plan that he created for their life. I'm not going to tell you guys any more of the story because I want you to go watch it, uh, but it's a good movie. And that, and that really, it, it's so true in business as well. Like you can have a plan, you know, I could, I could plan to make a hundred gazillion dollars, but you know, and, and we could come up with steps to how to achieve that, but we got to have the tools in place uh, so that we can, we can hit that plan. Uh, but yeah, I think having a plan in place is, is huge because if you have a plan, you at least have something to fall back on. Like if, you know, cause we all know when it gets busy, yeah. the phone's ringing off the hook, everyone's going crazy and it's like, you're putting out fires and doing all this stuff, but that plan is what holds it together. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and you kind of mentioned it too. I, I would even say like thinking of the parts of the business that each kind of have to have their own plan. So, you know, you said the phones are ringing off the hooks. Great. Well, okay. What happens then when every CSR is on the phone? Like what is now happening to those customers that are still calling in? Who are they getting directed to? What is that experience like on the other end of that phone conversation that your CSR is maybe not able to have one-on-one that could be a very different plan than when you say, okay, you know, we have a full board and now we had two, no AC units come in 10 plus years old. Our board is full. What is the plan with those? What are we now doing when these come in and how are we shifting stuff around? So I think kind of that overarching plan is super important, but also thinking kind of within those buckets, you know, the, the plan for your CSRs could be different than for your dispatchers, which could be different for your technicians. And knowing that they're each encountering different scenarios in busy season that differ from one another. Um, that technician may walk in the job and say, great, I'm going to be here two hours longer than I thought. And that CSR has them booked back to back to back all day. So when those scenarios happen, one, what are we doing? But then two, what is each party responsible for? So I think within each of those kind of buckets, it's also super key to think about what that kind of looks like for the person that is in that role um, because it can look really different across the organization. Yeah. And we all know like when, when the air goes out in the summertime in your home or your apartment or your condo, wherever you're at, it's not fun to be sitting in a hot home. And so, you know, that, that customer may think that they're the most important person walking the earth at that time, because to them they are. So what would you recommend for contractors who are trying to find ways to like creatively find ways to create capacity within their team when all their technicians are running back to back calls? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that is really where um, the human touch comes into it. You know, we, we obviously, what we do, we can help automate things, help take some of that pressure off, but um, having some of those other tools and those, those resources in place for your team to use that can automate some of that more tactical kind of transactional experiences then gives your team time back in their day to make that phone call to Ms. Johnson that says, hey, we know your AC is out right now. This is the situation we are in. And it allows them to provide that context versus this customer sitting in their home with no AC, their technicians an hour and a half late, they haven't got a call, they don't know if someone's coming. So I think it really is pairing kind of that, those resources and tools you're enabling for your teams to take some of that more transactional kind of tactical high level interactions off their plate to allow them to focus on those. Um, We know technician shortages are a huge thing and that's not something that's going to change overnight. So um, always making sure that they're walking and focusing on those highest value tickets at the start of the day, knowing that those are likely the top priority, not only for them, but for those customers um, and working their way back. So I know most contractors right now are probably wrapping up their maintenances, but making sure those maintenances are in before, you know, X date so that when these no heats, no cools, and these kind of larger tickets in busy season start to roll in, you're not now having to still fit in maintenances and kind of shift around those schedules day to day. So Um, again, that plan, even prior to busy season, you know, how are we going to knock out all of the shoulder season stuff? 
what's our target date to try to do that. So when this weather gets kind of how it is now and people might be freaking out a bit or stuff might start to break, you guys have that capacity because there's not a backlog of stuff that you're just waiting, trying to slot in. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like, I feel like shoulder seasons, the, uh, the, the mindset tries to be a little bit more, uh, you know, quantity over quality because it's like, you know, there's just not a huge demand mm-hmm. for a lot of different things. And it's like, all right, let's get all our maintenance in now. Let's just run maintenance calls as much as we can. Of course, you're going to get the occasional replacement or installation job. Um, but it's like trying to get those maintenances cranked out, you know, in the shoulder season so that when it's summertime and you have the ability to pick and choose your job, then you can say, okay, this job is going to be more lucrative than this $79 tune-up. We're going to make sure like this gets fall, this $12,000 replacement job. I was going to get the, that first, you know, first time slot versus the $79 tune-up who their AC is working. They just need it tuned up. They can probably wait. And they would be understanding yeah. of it, I think, too. And that's yeah. the thing is, like, I think as leaders and organizations, like, it's hard because, like, I, I can see both sides of this because, like, I, you know, I, at one point I was um, I wasn't a leader in an organization. I was an employee and I had leaders that, you know, were what we called a yes man. It was like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we, we can absolutely do that. And then it was like, OK, a person that's actually doing the work, you have to go now get burnt out doing it versus saying, you know, just being honest with the customer. Hey, we're pretty busy right now. Um, it might be Wednesday morning or it might be Friday before we can get out to do this maintenance. Is everything is everything working okay in the meantime? If not, can we get you like a window unit or can we just get you something to hold you over until that time comes? Because like you said, with the labor shortage, with technicians being yeah. harder and harder to find now, like that burnout is going to lead to them leaving and then you're going to be super screwed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think you make a good point about kind of setting those expectations with customers too. Um, they don't know what they don't know. And I, I was at a, a, a strategic partner training a couple weeks ago and um, they said that 54% of people's worry comes from not knowing what to expect or what they're walking into. And I think when customers are in those scenarios, like you said, like no one likes to sit in a hot house. So if my HVAC's broken and it's 110 degrees and I suddenly book this appointment and I have no idea when the technician is going to be here when that technician is going to actually be able to fix my issue, you know, you could come in, but can you fix it same day? Can you not? When those expectations aren't set, it puts a lot of that pressure back on your customer, which in those moments, they're reaching out to you guys to save the day. They're reaching out to that contractor because their stuff's broken and they can't fix it. So um, I think a lot of, uh, there's a lot of power in, in internal teams being able to communicate that to customers and setting that expectation of how that experience is going to go from the second they pick up that phone to the second that that technician steps foot in their home. And when you burn down your technicians, like you said, that's going to, that's going to lead to them leaving. And um, I know you and I mm-hmm. talked a lot about, especially in the season, like technicians are paying attention to that. That's when they could get scooped up. So you really do have to focus on your people as much as you are focusing on those customers. And if that CSR is burnt out and that CSR has been working 10, 12 hour days and hasn't had a break for a week, I'm going to make a general assumption that when they pick up that phone, it may not be the most polite tone or it may be a little bit more stress and and our customers can feel that. And so I think a lot of it, you know, we talk about things we can do to set them up to prepare, but it's also checking in on them and just, you know, Mm -hmm. getting that pulse check of how they're doing, what they need, where there's areas that contractors can offer a little bit more support in a way that's practical and and something that's feasible nonetheless um, in terms of the resources they have, but just making sure that from start to finish, that is, that's a great interaction for your customers, but everybody that your customer interacts with along the way feels that they're taken care of so that your customers in return also feel that when they're in those interactions with them. 
Yeah. So, so can you expand on like, I guess, just some different ways to prepare CSRs and dispatch for this, the busy season? Cause you know, I, I think CSRs are, they, you know, they're not as, as technically uh, in demand as a technician, um, but they're still like, they're the front line of your business. And they're the ones that have to answer to the angry customer when they call in. They're the ones that have to put the smile on their face every single day yeah. and call the customers and answer the phone calls. So what are some strategies that you've seen that work mm-hmm. for training CSRs for the busy season? Yeah. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I would say things like schedule engine will obviously take some of that pressure off. So there's not necessarily fewer calls coming through, but there's fewer calls that they're having to facilitate. So there's those other avenues mm-hmm. that are helping them get to their end goal. So we talk about, you know, everybody knowing the goal, everybody knowing what that objective is when they walk in. And if they have a certain number of calls they're supposed to take or a certain number of calls they're supposed to book, help them get there in a way that doesn't make them feel like them on the phone is the only way to do so. So um, enable those tools kind of in the background that are only going to help them do their job better versus inhibit them or create roadblocks. Um, I would also say kind of creating that plan of knowing how to prioritize those calls that are coming through. So instead of saying, you know, hey, we're just going to book every call that comes through because we want a full board, create kind of those high value and maybe lower level value, not lower value, but um, jobs that can maybe be pushed out 24 to 40 hours. Like you mentioned, if it's a maintenance, Hey, great. We're happy to take care of you. But instead of plopping them in at that two o'clock time slot the next day, maybe bump them out to the four o'clock. Or if you can't get them same day, or there's some slots there, save those for those high ticket, those high higher value jobs that are going to come in. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to allow each contractor to maximize that board. And it's also going to allow the CSRs to have to do less of that back work. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. if a technician came in and said, Hey, you know, why am I running this no AC job that's 10 years old at five o'clock at night when I'm running the maintenance at 2 PM, give me that time and swap that around or bump that maintenance there. So um, understanding yeah. sort of what jobs that are coming in maybe should be qualified and what could maybe be bumped out a day or two and, and offer a little bit more leeway than those kind of high value, high ticket items there and make sure everybody's on the same page so that everybody's yeah. booking the same types of jobs. Everybody's prioritizing the same jobs and customers based on what that contractor wants to do. Um, I think that's really important because it allows them all to operate on the same page. So it's not inconsistent day to day. Your technicians know what to expect. They have a sense of what's going to be on the board when they walk into that schedule every day. Um, And then I guess I would say first and foremost, like those check-ins, you know, they're, they're picking up the phones all day, every day, make sure they have that time to step away from that lunch break. Make sure they have Mm -hmm. that time to say, Hey, you know, I can pick up this phone call, but after this, I have to take you know, a quick break, we're going to push some of the phones over, um, which again, kind of ties into some of those backend resources and, and other areas of support that that contractors can offer. So um, helping just provide them with those tools to do so and allow them, you know, like you said, they're humans, they're that frontline. So um, allowing for a little bit of that, that human capability to come in. And um, although we're all busy, we know we don't want to miss out on a phone call. So how can we make sure that if that CSR can't pick up that phone or those phone lines are tied up, any other avenue our customer takes, we'll still have that same experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you were saying, like, you know, the contractors out there listening to this right now, you can still take all of these calls and run them. But I think, what, you know, what we're trying to say is like, don't try booking them all on the same day, like them all in every single day, just to fill the board up and get that money because your technicians are going to get burnt out. Your CSRs are going to get burnt out. And that, that burnout is going to get passed on to someone. It's either going to get passed on to your customer or passed on to someone else in the team, which is going to lead to internal issues. Um, so yeah. So having a plan for that, like, I, I think that's literally like 
if I ran a business or something like that, I would literally have this plastered on the wall. Like, can this wait 24 hours? And that would just be the question <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> Could this wait 24 yeah. hours? And yeah. yeah, you don't like, you don't ask the homeowner that, but if you mm -hmm. wear, if you wear a smile on your face, when you're talking to them, you know, they call in and they're just like, mm -hmm. Oh, I wanted to just get my system, you know, maintained because it's, it's June one and it's hot out. Great. Hey, I agree. The, the warm you weather is coming else. in soon. Yeah. I like, yeah. If you're like first, like agree with them, yeah. be like, Oh, Hey, I'm so glad you called You are smart to get this in now before it breaks down. Would it be possible for us to do this uh, Friday, 9am instead of being busy right now? Uh, you know, we're, we got a full schedule. We can't get there until Friday. That's what I hear. Cause I listen to phone calls. I listen to our, uh, some of our clients yeah. calls and I hear that they'll say, we can't get there till Friday. Oh, it's like you've you've projected onto the the homeowner that like they're burdening you by calling instead of just being like great you're so smart like that is I that is you're good ahead of the curve get this, <laughs> yeah it, it is good to get this taken care of before it breaks down mm -hmm. how does Friday at yeah. nine thirty a.m. sound oh that's mm -hmm. great yeah perfect they're booked your technicians can still go do what they're you know dispatched yeah. to do for the day and they're not stuck working till ten you know ten p.m. Yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of so, that even kind of ties sometimes into the, the after hours or, you know, I know a lot of contractors are kind of toying with, you know, do we run after hours? How much are we going to run on the weekends? And like you said, a lot of it is, is kind of not only preparing your team, but putting in those parameters of, okay, what are these questions we're asking? Because when that customer calls, like you said, it's their issue. They think they're the only ones that are calling when it's a hundred degrees and no one else's systems are broken, which is really just not the case. And a lot of times, if you probably ask the customer who's calling maybe at eight, nine, 10 o'clock, they don't necessarily need you out there at eight, 10, nine o'clock, especially if that technician can't even maybe get there till midnight or one o'clock once everything gets, gets trickled down to them. They just want to know when you can be there. They want to know, Hey, are you yeah. going to be here tomorrow at 8 a.m.? Or can you get here at 11 a.m.? Um, and I think a lot of us kind of approach just as consumers, the problems like that, you know, we go to companies and service providers that allow us to have that interaction we want when we want, how we want it. And we're looking for that end result of having our problem solved. And if you tell me you can solve it at 8 a.m. and I don't have to stay up till 2 a.m., that's fine. I just want to know you're coming. I want to know when this is going to get worked on. So I, as a customer, don't have to think about it anymore. So um, yeah, I think even training those CSRs to um, kind of filter some of those out. And like you said, really lead with that, that expectation of, hey, like, here's when we can get to you. And, and you're getting ahead of it versus, oh, my gosh, now I'm in a scramble. I have to fit you in. We all feel that and it, it's never, uh, it's never a good feeling. So. Yeah. So what are your thoughts around the 24 seven, like emergency service? You know, I, I've seen, I'm starting to see more people move towards like a eight to eight, uh, six to five, things like that, mm -hmm. six to six. What are your thoughts and what are you all seeing around 24 hours versus a, you know, an, an eight to eight type thing? Yeah. So I, I've definitely heard um, some of those schedules that you mentioned four tens and stuff like that, or, or, you know, kind of giving the technicians the four days on three days off um, or kind of, you know, five and two, but maybe position it where it's Tuesday to Saturday. So they have a Sunday, Monday off. Um, we've seen things like that in terms of kind of a 24 seven mm -hmm. in the conversations I've been in over the last two or three years, I would say a lot of them have steered away towards that strictly, Hey, we'll dispatch anything that comes through after hours, no matter what type of customer it is, who it is, what that job is. We want it on the board. We want to come to the rescue and we want to, you know, sweep in and save the day for that customer. Um, and a lot of that focus is because of that mm -hmm. labor shortage and, and realizing that these technicians are people 
and they have families too and to ask mm. them to get up at two in the morning when they've been working since 10 a.m and then be back in the office or on the road by eight o'clock is a lot and you have to focus on them because they are they are the core of your business and so um, i see a lot of contractors toying with the idea of trying to either one not offer it at all or if they currently offer it just scaling it back so hey Maybe that's something we only offer to our maintenance customers. Maybe that is something that we have as a special, you know, hey, you're opting in for your your maintenance agreement with us, which also opts you in for it and gives you access to if there's any emergency scenarios, you'll get priority or we'll dispatch after hours if it's absolutely necessary. Um, what we hear a lot of in the conversations is is being more selective and allowing their CSRs to drive that conversation, like you mentioned. So, hey, completely acknowledge the situation you're in. We absolutely want to help you. Here's what we can do in the interim to, you know, like you said, if it's in the plumbing scenario, great, you know, turn off the main line. If it's, you know, an AC, great. We can get to you earliest call tomorrow. We'll get you on the board of CSR. We'll call you right when we open in the morning to let you know when that technician will be there. So really kind of not just saying yes to say yes, because that trickles down the pipeline from the second that customer has that engagement on the phone to your technician having to run that call and really kind of empowering those CSRs and those teams to say, okay, what is truly an emergency? You know, everything from a customer's mind is an emergency. It's happening in their house, but Mm -hmm. what truly is an emergency that needs to be dispatched? And if it is, how are we going to handle that? So maybe it gets passed to the service manager to, again, add another filter. Maybe it goes to that technician. So that technician can call the customer, walk them through maybe a temporary solution until the next day. Um, I, I see a lot of contractors shying away from it mainly because it takes a human element to run that job. And that human mm-hmm. element is really at the end of the day, especially when we're busy, it's, it's the first thing that's going to, you know, that's going to fall off. And, and the quality of that and, and the, the um, I guess you could say prioritization of your team is something that should always come first as well, in addition to the customers. So um, I yeah. see less and less of it, I would say. Um, it, it's easy if you don't offer it now, because then you can just say, hey, we don't do it. And you have that control. Um, I would say that where the trickier part is, is when you offer it, and now you're kind of trying to scale it back. It's, again, developing that plan of how are we going to do it? Who are we going to offer it to? And what types of jobs are we going to escalate to make sure that not anybody who calls, regardless of the scenario, can just have a tech at their house at 2am because they want them to be. Yeah. So would you recommend, like, if they're going to offer after hours service and dispatch, would you, would you recommend them doing it for anyone or just for, you know, maintenance agreement type customers? Yeah. So um, what we see a lot of, and, and what we even kind of practice with a lot of our clients is putting those buckets. So, Hey, it's, it's maintenance members, but it's maybe maintenance members and only when it's a no heat, no cool and two other types of jobs. So truly those, this is actually an emergency. Um, we'll run it. And a lot of it is in the case of, okay, you know, if it's life or property at risk, that's when we'll run it. If this is, Hey, your AC has been broken for three days and now you're just getting time to call me and you just want me out there now. Absolutely not. You know, it's been broken for a couple of days. You could have had 48 business hours to call me just because you want it fixed now does not mean I'm going to make my technician wake up and, and come run that job. So um, a lot of it is focusing on who that customer is. And then also those really kind of high value, true emergency scenarios where it's not a matter of, Hey, I'm, I'm just uncomfortable now and I don't want to be for the next six hours, but it's, is their property or is their life at risk based on what's happening in that home? And is this customer, whether it's new or a maintenance customer, the person who is dealing with that. So um, a lot of it is, yeah. is focusing on those, you know, two to four truly emergency scenarios. Um, and then beyond that, deciding just which customers you want to offer it to, because, you know, if you're, you're booking 
all day, every day. And not that no contractor has an interest in getting new customers, but for bandwidth, sometimes there's a little bit of that scale back. So, you know, it's all new customers are booked for the next day. Maintenance customers will be escalated and it has to be one of these jobs. Otherwise we're booking them for the next day too, because I'm not going to run my technicians into the ground running lower level jobs or jobs that truly can wait, you know, 12 to 24 hours. So. Yeah, absolutely. Now, if there was a contractor that wanted to, you know, they wanted to offer the after hours support, but they didn't want to have CSRs necessarily on call, uh, you know, to, to have to answer the phone or didn't have to, didn't want to like forward the phones to them. Um, what are some, what are some ways that they could, you know, still offer that at call center service where they could have a human answer the phone uh, without having to necessarily have someone at their house or in the office answering it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we do at Scott Dungeon have a portion of our services that is an industry train call center. So um, they're able to outsource, obviously, two different call centers. Um, what those capabilities are mm -hmm. differ by each. So you have some call centers out there that are just going to be they're only going to have the capabilities to capture lead information from that customer and pass everything back to that CSR team. So whether it's something the CSRs get to the next day or someone's on call, there's still always usually that manual CSR or internal touch from that team member who's on call or maybe is, you know, just sitting there, which again, we're trying to remove. So um, yeah. those typically don't take any of that workload and that um, pressure off of those teams. If you're really trying to give them a break um, at schedule engine, what we're able to do is, in addition to just being that front line of defense and being that, you know, happy CSR on the other end of the phone when your team can't be, um, we'll absolutely have that ability to capture lead information and pass it back to teams when it's not something call related. But the big difference there and what takes a lot of that lift off of internal teams is we have that ability to book jobs. So you have that customer that calls in, maybe they don't want it escalated that evening. They just want to know when you're going to be out there. We're able actually, actually able to book that job push it into mm -hmm. that contractor's FSM, whatever it is they're using. And their CSR could walk in, have that book job and just choose that technician to assign it and run it the next day. Um, in those case of emergencies, again, we can yeah. be that frontline and we work with every contractor to set up sort of those buckets. So usually it's, if we're running after hours calls, here's our technician on call, here's the jobs we want escalated. If a customer call comes through that falls in that category, we push it to that technician and they're able to do some digger, um, um, deeper dives with the customer to actually get out to their home and kind of dispatch themselves as well. So in terms yeah. of taking teams out of it, um, the, the big perk with schedule engine is that we can book those jobs. So anybody who calls, and like I said, it's not an emergency. You still don't want to lose that lead. So how can we book them and mm -hmm. tee it up for your CSRs to run with the next day? But if they want that support and in the case of the call, it has to be ran. We want to make sure that we can run it as well. So we have all those yeah. set up on the back end with our contractors to make sure that jobs that need to be pushed same day can be, but things that can wait and things that your CSRs would also book for the next day um, or they're waiting for them when they walk in the next morning. Yeah. Now what are some common challenges that you all see contractors facing when it comes to a, an offsite call center? Yeah. Great question. So um, I would say the most common thing I hear is people do not want to give up that control. Um, I think we all have it. We all want to be able to have every single conversation, know exactly how it's going to sound. Um, and mm -hmm. so there can always be that worry of, you know, who is talking to my customer on the other end of the phone? What is that interaction like? Are they representing my brand in the way that our CSRs would? And that is up to our standards. Um, so that's kind of the biggest worry uh, and biggest concern I would say I hear a lot. Um, the second is kind of that, that secondary piece I touched on with kind of leads versus booking. So what are those capabilities? Is this something where 
whoever's picking up the phone is only going to be able to assist that customer to the extent of saying, Hey, you know, we can capture information, but someone will call you back in 24 hours. If that's the business model you want to run great. But if you want your customers to be able to call and at the end of the day, at least get that end result, whether it's a booked appointment, a technician dispatched, at least feel like their need has been met and they've given their information to a credible source, we can build that out as well. So um, I would say a lot of it is first and foremost, who is that person on the other end of the phone? And secondary, what are they doing for me? You know, are they going to mm-hmm. capture leads? Are they able to book? If an emergency comes in, what are they able to do for me? Um, and there's a lot of concern and conversation about what those capabilities are, knowing that they're just different for every contractor. Some yeah. are completely okay, not wanting anybody else to dispatch and, and just take care of it when it comes in the next day. Some would prefer more robust capabilities so that there's less on their team's plate when they walk in the next day with it. So um, yeah. I would say people and capabilities are the two most uh, conversations I find myself in in day to day. So, Yeah. For those of you listening, you just got to experience the sights and sounds or just the sounds, at least of the lovely city of Chicago in the background. Oh, did you, you hear that? I have by. blurred out on the yeah. back. Uh Oh, <laughs> well, welcome to my city yeah. guys. So, yeah, I've noticed whenever we record with folks from like big cities like that, there's always like sirens in the background. I love it. Yeah. I didn't even, I have like that, like the noise canceling stuff. So I was like, Oh, you can probably only hear me, but, uh, apologies guys. <laughs> no. That's great. Um, yeah. We're in real so, time yeah. here. Real time. <laughs> no real editing, no buffers, none of it. So Nope. Keeping it in. So yeah, uh, a couple takeaways I've just kind of had, you know, here in my notes for, for those of you who offer, or at least say you offer 24-7 emergency service, you either need to do it or don't do it. Like if you are going to say on your website and in your messaging 24 seven emergency service available or 24 hour service available, you better have a plan to actually do what you say you're going to do because what's going to happen is you're going to get a Google review. That's going to be a one-star review and it's going to say something along the lines of they don't actually offer 24 hour service. And those reviews last much longer than the summer. So that review is going to be there in the fall, in the winter, in the spring, depending on your ability to make the customer happy again, to either remove it or change it. But it's going to, it's just going to be a bad look. So if you say 24 seven service available, you better be able to, to back it up. So my, I guess my, my advice there would be if you're not going to do 24 seven service or you don't want to just, you know, for the sake of the culture, uh, don't say it and just be honest with your customers and tell them, put your hours on your website, you know, eight to eight, six to six, whatever you want to do. Um, but just be upfront with them about that because getting no review because you didn't get the call is honestly better than getting that $79 DX fee and then a one-star review. Cause that, then you didn't, you know, <laughs> now you have a, a bad review on your website, which is going to to do more damage than, than good. Yeah. Um, or specify, you know, if it's part of a maintenance agreement, only let it be under that maintenance agreement. So people yeah. know that I do not have access to this unless I am part of the comfort yeah. club, you know, whatever that may be. Cause I, I know a lot of contractors, of course, they always want to know and they want to get those customers on those plans. And um, not that it's something you can't do, but it at least is a little add on. And within that, you still have the ability to kind of provide more context in terms of what that means. Um, once those customers are actually exploring those plans, um, we can always dive deeper into, you know, what, what specifics they would have, but 
um, I definitely think that 24 seven sticker on it. Sometimes uh, I know myself, I see it and I think I'm going to get to get any meat, any, any need met, any 24 seven, 365. If I see it, I'm like, great, you know, I'll call you, I'll web chat you, I'll be able to do it. And um, sometimes that's not the case. So. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that this might be a question that would be best asked if I was talking to like a staffing firm or, like a, a recruiting type of company, but we'll just see. Cause I know you talk to a lot of contractors out there. Yeah, I see a lot of times where contractors try to staff up really quick for the summer. Cause you know, when they're slower in the spring and you know, towards the end of winter, you don't need, they might not need eight install crews and 16 service technicians and seven plumbers. Um, and so what we see is a lot of contractors scramble right about now to say, Oh, we got to staff up. We need four install we need four service technicians and so you kind of just piecemeal this this monthly crew together for the summer and that could come with you know that could come with a lot of you know i mean good things because your capacity is greater but it could also come with some blowback because you're now putting together people who aren't necessarily in with your culture already and they're not necessarily trained up to be the way that you need them to be um what are some what are some ideas or suggestions you would give to a contractor in regards to preparing those technicians for uh the peak busy season yeah. So um, you're right. I'm not part of a staffing or recruiting team, but I'll, I'll give it my best shot based on, on what I hear. So um, transparently, what we even hear a lot from our clients um, is having that plan and having solutions in place that are like schedule engine or things that are taking some of that pressure off your teams. Um, really enable them, especially when you think about CSRs or some of that more, um, like you said, I don't say temporary staffing, but hey, you know, we're just going to get somebody to pick up the phone. We're not going to train them. We, you know, it's okay. They'll be here for three months. Um, they haven't needed to do that because their core team has solutions that set them up for success and that allow them to not have to need that extra human bandwidth in some of those scenarios because their customers have another way to engage with essentially the internal office staff. Or mm-hmm. like I said, if they're looking to book, now they have other avenues to use to do so. They don't only yeah. have to pick up the phone and call. And you as a contractor, if you don't have enough people behind that, that phone to pick up and, and you have you know four people instead of eight, those people are going to sit on hold, um, take some of that pressure off there. Um, in terms of technicians, I, I would, again, kind of bring it back to that plan, um, making sure that even if they are somebody that, you know, I guess you could say, um, what word am I looking for here? If there's sort of that knee jerk reaction to staff up because we're busy, you know, we, we need more bodies, we need more people here. That technician is still a representation of your brand. So if they're going to be in that home with your customer, whether you know, they plan to be here for four months or six months doesn't necessarily mean, in my opinion, and from what I hear that there should be any less training pushed on them. There should be any less focus on their skills, how they're representing your brand, them embedding in your company culture. Um, They should feel just as part of that core team as the core team does. Um, Knowing that the labor shortages is pretty key. I would say that's, you know, the hardest thing to find. So if you find them, um, you're in luck. And so you might as well treat them as you would somebody who you expect to be there for a long time because you never know how it could end up. Um, we don't want them poached from anywhere else. So uh, in busy season, we know people can walk, can uh, I would say uh, get, get picked up left and right. So um, in my opinion, from the technician side, it really is still focusing on making them feel as valued and as welcome as that core team is and still investing them just as you, you would invest in any other part of your business because there's still that extension of your brand when they walk into that home. There's still, that person your customer engages with and mm-hmm. that interaction, like you said, can lead to a lot of things. And the last thing you you would want to do is feel like there was an opportunity to 
include more or educate more or kind of welcome them into the brand um, and have it reflect poorly on, on the brand as a whole. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, I feel like there's been a lot of good things said in this episode and this time is, yeah. is kind of, kind of flown by. So is there, any, yeah, is there, is there anything that I, you may feel that I've missed out on or you were hoping yeah. to talk about that I didn't ask? No, I mean, you covered the gamut. I feel like everybody's trying to figure out how they can best prepare for busy season, which is was why you're probably listening to this. And I think there's a lot of different ways we can do so, but it all really does come back to, like I said, that plan. And then knowing that everybody who is within that plan knows what it is that they're responsible for and what resources they have and what support they have from you as a contractor, because people are the hardest to replace right now. And they're, they're Mm -hmm. that extension of your brand. They're that first face that people see and you don't get two first impressions. So you want to make sure that no matter who you are in line, whether you're the CSR, the technician, the dispatcher, um, each of those interactions, the customer feels like they're valued and they're welcomed and they don't feel like a burden because we all know that that's not a feeling we want. And it's something that I think nowadays more as we focus on customer experience, it's really what's ingrained in, in customers' minds when they think about who it is that they're choosing to invest their time and their money and um, their resources into. So Yeah. Yeah. My grandma always said a first impression is a lasting impression. So. It is. <laughs> so you better make it good, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Better make it good or grandma's going to come after you. She might, you know. <laughs> Speaking of first impressions, I'll go ahead and just share a funny story. Um, and I'm not sure if I shared this the last time. I don't think I did. So the way I found out about Schedule Engine was in the way that I actually met Alyssa, who's the first person I met at Schedule. Uh, I had a client that was asking if I knew of any uh, scheduling softwares for like the website so that they could have like technicians or um, they could have customers schedule. And so I Googled like website schedulers for HVAC or something. And there was an ad that popped <laughs> up. So I called schedule engine and Alyssa answered the phone. And I was like, these people are cool. I like just knew it off the bat. That was just like the, the, the way you answer the phone and how positive you were. I was like, these people are awesome. So I, uh, here we are now that we're, uh, partnered with them, proudly partnered with schedule engine. They're a good group over there. And, uh, yeah, definitely recommend them. So if you are looking for, uh, the right tools to provide for your team, to support your plan, I highly recommend looking at Schedule Engine. They might have a solution or two for you. So there's a shameless plug for you guys. So. <laughs> we always have help. What I got is that I make really great first impressions. So I'm going to pass that along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Include that next time you have like your uh, your annual review. Yeah. No. Hey, <laughs> hey, this is what Eric told me. I mean, yeah. he, he said it live. Sure, like Come on. <laughs> yeah. He said, he said it live. I mean, you can't take it back now, you know, it's on so, the internet forever, awesome. you know, so that's right. Hey, you know, well, Alyssa, I, I appreciate you taking some time yeah. out of your day to join me on the show. Uh, what's a good way for folks to contact you or learn more about schedule engine? Yeah, absolutely. So um, as always, you can go to our website, you can book a demo, you can reach out there. Um, you can always reach out to me at Alyssa at schedule And I am happy to have a conversation or help in any way that I can. Um, or you can pick up the phone and call. So I can attest that everybody on our team will be that happy, jolly voice on the other side. So um, we're awesome. here. We're ready to help you guys. We're here to talk. If you have any questions um, or just want to even have a conversation and, and um, continue conversations like this one we're having on the podcast in the, in the background, um, we're always here when you guys need us. So don't ever hesitate to, to reach out. Awesome. Well, Alyssa, thank you again, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Yeah, you too, Eric. Thanks so much for having me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. 
If you're an HVAC contractor in need of digital marketing services, contact us today at www.rivaldigital.com.